sensible business talk for the corner office CEO and the blue-collar worker. This is the Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. A former economic official from the Clinton and Obama administration is now warning that President Biden's COVID stimulus plan may simply be too big. Here's White House correspondent Greg Cluxton. For the past few weeks, this has been the main talking point from the White House about the $1.9 trillion rescue plan. This is a package. The risk here, as he has said many times, is not going too too big. It is going too small. But former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, who served in the Clinton and Obama administrations, warns the price tag might be too high. He writes in the Washington Post that a stimulus that large could threaten future inflation and financial stability. But White House officials pushed back, saying Summers is wrong. Greg Clugston, Washington. International oil prices up 62 pennies a barrel on the NYMEX Friday, up to $56.85. This is SRN News. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Every day. The men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today, or wherever our country needs us tomorrow. We always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. I want every American to be prepared for the hard days that lie ahead. Basically the worst parts of the Bible. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. States are competing against states. Shameful. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Shut it down. Screw your P&L. America will pay you more not to work than work. This is a wartime issue and a wartime mobilization is what's needed. It's like people only do things because they get paid. 
And that's just really sad. This is the time for all Americans to come together and do our part. We had the greatest economy in the world. We had the greatest economy in the history of our country. I think in the end we'll be stronger for it. When will then be now? Soon. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Now, here's King Banyan. Welcome back. I hate to interrupt that because it's such a great piece of music, but we have work to do. Uh, this is like two weeks in a row where I wish I had three hours. Um, there's just so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Uh, welcome welcome to the second hour. Uh, welcome welcome still to uh, uh, Jacob at the, uh, at the helm. Uh, we appreciate you being here, sir. Uh, and... Uh, he actually went to school further west than St. Cloud. He's up the road at our sister institution up in, up in the Moorhead uh, region. Great town, by the way. Um, I didn't ask you this, Jacob. We're just going to see if you know how to run the mic while we're on the air. Did you like Moorhead? Did you like living there? I liked the school a lot. I really liked my professors <laughs> and the uh, <laughs> campus. Okay. Um, but the actual, I lived in Fargo, West Fargo, actually, while I was up there. And okay. it's just all very flat, very windy, very cold. Not a huge <laughs> fan. Um, not a fan. So it isn't just Moorhead. You were not a fan of Fargo either. No, not really. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, okay. Um, I have to say, I agree with you about Fargo. I didn't. I, I, I've I've been there a few times. Not really thought much of it, but I've actually done the opposite. I've had meetings in Fargo and stayed on the Moorhead side because I kind of like downtown Moorhead a little bit. I'm not sure why, but it's kind of got that sort of old Midwestern town feel still to it. And, you know, Moorhead doesn't try to be anything other than Moorhead. That's what I like about it. Fargo wants you to think you're in a big city. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're really not. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I guess I <laughs> yeah. didn't spend a lot of time in Moorhead other than on campus. Um, okay. So I guess to qualify that. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks. And, and again, welcome. We're glad you're here. Thanks. Um, so 651-289-4477 if you want to talk to Jacob and maybe even to me. Um, a lot more people talk to the producers than talk to the host. I'm not sure why. Um, but um, you – We've been doing the jobs report here. We've been interested in talking about about what's going on with um, with 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 the the data that's out there. Austin Goolsby, who worked for President Obama on the on his Council of Economic Advisors, um, is I believe advising them in an informal capacity. Was on CNBC yesterday promoting the idea that it's a disappointing number and had that same it's really interesting had almost the same talking point as uh as bernstein uh, it was the sort of constant refrain so let's play uh, this is the first cut this is austin goolsby yesterday right after the announcement of the jobs report well look the private sector number is pretty close to zero and we, we've been doing this for a lot of years, Joe, and we always say don't put too much on any single month. We now got three disappointing months in a row, 
And I think we basically have to admit we've stalled out. There's a danger of double-dip recession, and I, and I think we, we need to be extremely mindful. And I'm just going to tell you, I, I like Austin Goolsby. I think he, some people who listen to our show also listen to our sister station, AM12A, The Patriot. They listen to Hugh Hewitt. Hugh's had Austin on a few times. I've actually met him once, Austin once. At a at a conference, um, American Economic Association meeting, um, he's a good speaker. He's a fun guy. He's got a good sense of humor. Um, I I appreciate him. I a hundred percent disagree with that analysis. I could not possibly disagree more. First of all, not all not not completely flat. The data from BLS indicates. That on average, the November number was was positive, the December number was negative. I get they they're doing the 159 in their head, but they're trying to ignore how strong the November and December numbers were. How strong the November number was before the revision. So if you do all of that math, you still come out to about 150,000 jobs gained over these last three months in the private sector. I find it interesting they've decided not to talk about the fact that we did get in a gain by bringing uh, some what appears to be school teachers and school administrators back to back to work on uh, campuses um, around the country, but not everywhere, obviously. Um, so they, he's ignored that um, in in promoting that point, and I heard that you know I, I've played it for you. I played that Goolsby piece. I played you Birdstein. I played you the president. That was clearly the playbook yesterday. And that playbook is being run in order to support pushing out something, you know, and the economy's in danger of stalling out. It's like, well, then why is Congress now going to take four weeks to put out its next piece, put out the reconciliation package? If, If the economy can't wait, remember, remember, and understand it feels like ancient history. But the last weekend of December, we passed $900 billion of relief. Do you remember getting $600 added to your, to your checking account if you pay electronically for your taxes? An extra 600 bucks showed up? That was five weeks ago. Maybe six. But that was about five weeks ago. And so we're so we're in danger of a double dip, but we just sent six hundred six hundred dollar checks out five weeks ago, and now we want to do fourteen hundred dollar checks, but we're going to do them only to a certain group of people. Which I'm glad they're looking at restricting who gets a fourteen hundred dollar check. I'm very glad for that. But to say we're in danger of a double dip when when it looks like, you know, we've had 150,000 temporary workers added to the labor force, when we've seen an increase in hours by almost, all you know, by three-tenths of an hour, we've added that much time, we've added our aggregate number of, in terms of the labor input actually rose nine-tenths of a Nine tenths of percent in 
Jeremy, do you, you really, really think we need this? He apparently does. He goes on. Let's play, let's play the second cut of Austin Goolsby yesterday on CNBC. I think one nine is okay. I'm I'm more concerned about what the money that the make sure the money goes to to who needs it because I don't think this is stimulus. I think this is relief. The f- arguing about one nine is really about thinking of it as it were as if it were stimulus, and I'm just trying to prevent permanent damage. That is interesting because that is not what anybody in the administration is saying. They're calling it stimulus. They, okay. And you say, and, and he says that within 60 seconds of saying he's worried about a double dip. If you think it's a double dip, then you should be talking stimulus. It, it, particularly if you have Austin's mindset that is fairly Keynesian in, in outlook. This week, we had not one, but two folks who are considered doves, are considered on the side of a Goolsby or a Bernstein, come out and say, I think 1.9 is too much. One of them, Larry Summers, was a Treasury Secretary for Bill Clinton. The other, Olivier Blanchard, was the chief economist at the IMF. These are not these are not folks from, from right wing heritage foundation libertarian, you know, burn the government down types. These are folks who are who are sympathetic to Goolsby and Goolsby to them. I don't think Goolsby ever works for Summers specifically. And I know Bernstein did not, but they certainly knew each other and and had been around each other's company, but but you know, we have had, we have had, um, you know, he, in, the, in the Washington Post, here's Larry Summers with a column saying, I think $1.9 trillion is too much money. I think you're basically betting all your chips right now on this, uh, on this particular bill, and you don't know what the last stimulus bill did. Now, people will think, oh, this is a rare day. King Banyan's agreeing with Larry Summers. Uh, I will say this. I probably agree with Larry Summers far more than you might think. Because Larry Summers is a really good economist. And you know what else? Austin Goolsby is a really good economist. These guys know their stuff. And they disagree on this. But even there... You could hear Goolsby saying, you know, I don't want to think of it as stimulus. I want to know where we're going to spend the money. I'm a little concerned about, you know, how we might put the $1.9 trillion out there. Um, well, guess what? You had a group of uh, GOP senators go up to the White House and say, hey, you know, we'd be great on spending about $600 billion, a smaller number. Right. We'd be great about spending that if you would focus it on vaccine distribution. We would be great on that if you could if you if you could put it on. You know, we'd be willing to do some unemployment insurance extension. We don't think it should go all the way to the end of summer, but we'd be okay with 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 dragging it into May rather than having it run out in March. Um, 
And they, you know, God bless her, Susan Collins. I, I, I praise you for the effort, but you failed. You kind of got the bum's rush at the end of this thing. Um, and being told that you've just recently rediscovered your, your, your appreciation of deficits and of, of, to, of excessive government spending. Here on the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440, we warned you of this, that this was what was going to happen. And I would say you're going to get $1.9 trillion, and I don't think you need $1.9 trillion. But you know who does think you need $1.9 trillion? The president of the Federal Reserve Bank down in Minneapolis decides to write a piece in the Washington Post to tell the Congress spend spend the $1.9 trillion. Our own Neil Kashkari. We're going to read his piece right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Whoa. Look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream the Biz 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com HR. That's BambooHR.com HR. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad... You will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Pick it up or take it out, rackshacktogo.com or rackshackdelivery.com. It's so easy. Hey, you've been working hard. Half the staff is gone and your crew needs a lift. Go to rackshacktogo.com for pickup or rackshackdelivery.com and we'll bring it out to you. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. 
Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440, where every day you can hear Dave Ramsey, one to three. Every day. You get some help if you need some help with your finances. Um, uh, he can help. Um, he can help you. Might want to give him a listen uh, here on the Biz 1440. On Thursday, it's interesting because... Um, uh, I had uh, Ken, uh, listener Ken, reach out on Twitter at pound KBRS asking me the question, you know, what's going on with a column that's in the Star Tribune? I'm going to guess either yesterday or today, Ken, from, um, from uh, President Neil Kashkari of the, Federal, of the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis. The title of the piece is, we need a long-haul stimulus that will last as long as the pandemic does. I will say I'm out of the business of trying to forecast when the pandemic will end. All I can all I can do is look at the data and I can see that the number of people vaccinated is now greater than the number of confirmed cases. There's certainly a lot of unconfirmed cases, so I don't think it can you can say yet that the number of people vaccinated is greater than the number of total cases. Confirmed cases you can even if there were no unconfirmed cases out there, you you have the sum of those two numbers around 50 to 60 million people. But we don't know that someone who's been vaccinated can't spread it. We don't know that those who have had it don't don't reinfect. We you know you know you've got you've got Dr. Fauci out there over and over again saying hey you might you, you might get the shot and still need to wear the mask because we're not sure okay well um i think i'm going to do a whole hour at some point soon i'm looking for a guest to join me on this to talk about the precautionary principle uh because i think this is this is this is an issue, but we're gonna let me set that aside because I I really want to talk about this column because it surprised me. It surprised me, and apparently it surprised Ken and Champlin as much as it surprised me. Um, because I'm like, that's interesting, and my second thought was, he doesn't write this unless he's talked to the boss. Did he check with Jay Powell? And I, and I understand he doesn't have to. But if I worked for President Kashkari, who I've met, I've interviewed a couple times, I really like this guy. If he had asked me my opinion about the piece, I would have said, you darn well better have checked with D.C. before you, you check with the Board of Governors before you send this thing out. Because... Um, that's going to be on. That's going to be on uh, Chair Powell's doorstep Thursday morning, and this is only barely a week after he'd come out and basically said, "Hey, we're not even thinking about thinking about 
this. Indeed, that got repeated. Can you, we're going to actually, I'm actually going to play this first. This is Charles Evans, who is the Federal Reserve Bank president in Chicago. And he's speaking to uh, an economics club up in, up in uh, suburban Detroit. And he, he says, I am, we're, we're, not, we're not even doing this. Let's, pl- let's play the first cut. This is Charles Evans. This would have been on Wednesday of last week. When I think about my economic forecast, I am reasonably confident that we will reach our maximum employment goal over the next three years. I am more concerned about the prospects for reaching our inflation mandate, however. Inflation is far too low today. And we have a long way to go to reach the magnitude of overshooting that I see as necessary to satisfy our average inflation objective. So, so he's clear. All right. I, and I have a real concern about this. So I'm going to go ahead. I actually want to play the second cut. I couldn't remember which order these were in. So I want you to play the second cut right now, uh, Jacob, and then we may go back and play the first cut again. Strong pickup in economic activity rejected for this year should generate a temporary boost to inflation also. But whether this becomes embedded into inflation expectations and produces a more sustained increase in underlying inflation, that's an open question. To help this process, it will be critical for monetary policies to look through any temporary price increases and not even think about thinking about adjusting policy until the economic criteria we have laid out have been realized. Did you get the dramatic reading there? Not even think about thinking about raising interest rates, right? He, the voice goes up on the think both times to provide the emphasis that he's, he's, practically, he's practically mimicking Chair Powell from the last FOMC meeting. And we played you that clip last week on the show. By the way, you can go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. If you're a VIP, you can then go in and you can grab the podcast from the previous weeks. Go there, grab the one from from last week's second hour, and you'll hear you'll hear Jay Powell say almost an identical thing. So he says this on Wednesday. And then Thursday. The Washington Post carries a column titled, We Need a Long-Haul Stimulus that Will Last As Long As the Pandemic Does, by President Kashkari. Um, it starts with a, with a number that I sincerely disagree with. The job market today is roughly as bad, is roughly as bad as the worst job market during the Great Recession. Okay, now wait for it. While the, while the official unemployment rate recently fell to 6.7%, many Americans have given up looking for work and are no longer counted as unemployed. Okay, fact check, true. The true unemployment rate is around 9.9%, the same as it was in 2009. Fact check, wrongo. Go back to my three buckets. My three buckets include people who are temporarily unemployed, counted as out of the labor force because they're providing child care. My buckets include people who are of a certain age, let's say over 60, 
who've decided that until they get a vaccine, that's not safe for them to work. And they can't work from home with the employer they have. Those are very different workers than those that were actually unemployed and looking for work in 2009. That analysis is quite simply wrong. And I'm sure that if President Kashkari is listening to the show or does listen to the show, he would say, he would say I'm just quibbling around the edges of the, of the basic problem. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because the solution in that situation was working through a bubble in finance caused by, caused by, in no small part, very easy Federal Reserve policies in 2004, 2005, and 2006. This is caused by coronavirus. That was a demand shock. This is a supply shock. They are incredibly different things, and yet you want to use the same tool, and President Biden wants to use the same tool to solve these two problems. That is not the right solution to the problem. That is almost certainly not the right solution to the problem. In, he continues, in 2008, policymakers were consistently surprised as the crisis continued to deepen. We repeatedly thought the worst was behind us, only to find that house prices fell further, leading to larger losses in the banking system. Today, instead of underestimating the depth of the pan- pandemic crisis, policymakers continue to underestimate how long it will last. Well, go back, Jacob, and play. Let's play again. This is the first cut from his colleague, Charles Evan, at the Chicago Fed on Wednesday. When I think about my economic forecast, I am reasonably confident that we will reach our maximum employment goal over the next three years. I am more concerned about the prospects for reaching our inflation mandate, however. Inflation is far too low today, and we have a long way to go to reach the magnitude of overshooting that I see as necessary to satisfy our average inflation objective. I have yet to have a Federal Reserve official explain to me why 2% inflation is better than 1%, and we should risk going to 3% inflation so that we get 2 rather than 1 Anyone? Newman? Anyone? I don't have a, a particular. I don't. Ha- I don't have an explanation for that. But the first part of President Evans' statement is: I am reasonably confident we'll get back to full employment. That is not what happened in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Not at all what happened two thousand eight, two thousand nine. And I, I will go further after this to tell you why I think not only is it the wrong tool, that tool will work less well in this coming decade than it did even to the little extent it did in 2009. 
We'll be back after this. This you're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job, it helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. We were going to write something flashy about streaming us at Radio.com. But considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to the Biz 1440 on the free Radio.com app. We're here with another satisfied JTR roofing customer. What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced. Why did you choose JTR Roofing? After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that they were offering as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR. What did you think of the work JTR did? The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800-482-8399. Business 1440 and iHeartRadio, they go together like pennies and pinching. Listen anytime, anywhere at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. All right, so this is going to be risky. <laughs> the Biz 1440. i got to get used to that. 11 years. I've done the other one for 11 years. You can't expect me to just pivot on a dime. The Biz 1440. Thank you for listening to us. Awesome. I like it. <laughs> 
by the way. We tried this a long time ago because this show started and Jacob, uh, Jacob has learned a little bit of the history of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. But we started all the way back in 2004. And indeed, we, we are intending to have ourselves quite a party coming up pretty soon, bringing back some old producers and, and air personalities from way back in the beginning of the NARN. It's coming up next month. We'll get you details as they develop. Um, but at one time, we wanted to just give use, you know, because 1280 has always been the Patriot. It's where you hear Mitch Berg, 1 to 3 this afternoon. It's where you hear uh, Brad Carlson, the closer, uh, 1 to 3 tomorrow afternoon. But I've always, you know, we've always wanted the this and the that for all the stations in the Salem Empire. So now we got it, and now I'm the one that has to change and get used to it. The other thing I got to get used to is actually having to. I, I'm now back in a world where I have to explain multipliers to people. Ugh. Ugh. I am not a fan of this type of analysis because most of the people that think they learn the multiplier in college in a principles of economics course really haven't um for one thing um second they really haven't there are those that have read about it and then been told that it's all nonsense it's keynesian gobbledygook a viewpoint that i probably agree with more than 50 percent but not completely. And then in the next breath, I always have to tell them, even if you think it's wrong, if you're going to have an intelligent conversation with anybody who's doing public policy, you better know how to use one because God knows the, the, the model they're using has one in there. If they're trying to tell you, we spend this, we get that, there's a function in the middle, right? Something goes into the box, something else comes out of the box. Okay, in math we call that, that box a function. And in most cases, the multiplier they're talking about, like the multiplier that's, that's assumed by, by President uh, Kashkari in this piece, and this argument for $1.9 trillion of spending is based on a multiplier. It amazed me in the 2009 debate when we're like, where, where did you get that multiplier from? What number are you using? And, and what's the research you did to establish the number? And it turned out they were using, they're using a survey done by the Association of General Contractors of basically using those people that do are involved in transportation engineering. In other words, the multiplier model was built by the people who you hire to do the public works projects that the multiplier is being used on. Well, I'm sorry. I kind of think that's sort of like asking me, a dean of a school of public affairs, 
to tell you the multiplier of if you spend more money in public affairs, how many more, um, how much better uh, uh, government do you get in the counties of greater Minnesota? You might ask me, and I might have a number in mind, but you might guess with some suspicion that if I have a decision to make between two things, the thing that gives me a bigger impact is probably the thing I'm going to pick. Right? So the number they were using was the number being created by a trade group that benefits from more government spending. And I'm like, duh, come on, you can't really do that. But that's the analysis that we're getting from folks like Kashkari and like 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 Goolsby and Bernstein. Those are the folks that are advising the president, who was the vice president, and certainly was in on the conversations back in 2009 when they're used to some number they pulled from a trade association to decide what the impact of of the uh, the Obama stimulus bill would be. And of course, it turned out to be wrong. And folks like Summers, and I'm pretty sure Blanchard spoke to this, and all the people we've talked about today said the 2009 stimulus was too small. And here's Kashkari, Neil Kashkari, who was at TARP at the time. Remember, he was the, he was the Special Inspector General for the TARP program in 2009. He says, in essence, we spent... We, you know, we didn't spend enough back then. And here we are, we're going to go ahead and do that again. Um, our housing assistant and says, hey, we tried to target the money in 2008. Targeting didn't really work. Okay. So he writes at the end of this, unemployment benefits are targeted those who need help because they lost a job, but that program misses the lowest earning and least educated workers those who most need to support. In comparison, one-time direct payments from the government is a blunt policy tool, but they have the advantage that aid reaches more needy families. A, again, you work for the Federal Reserve. This isn't your job. B, we've used this tool twice. We sent $1,200 back in April. We sent 600 bucks at the end of December. And now you're saying... Oh, we okay. So don't tell me it's a one-off program. It's going to be a three-off program if you get your way. And once you've gone to three, right? I might tell you I'm going to eat one potato chip from the bag. You probably have a good reason not to believe me. Once I eat three potato chips, okay, the bag's dead. I'm going to eat it all. What's the logical stopping point? There is none. Jacob, I want you to grab, this is the third cut. This is Bill Dudley, who used to be the, be the, president, the uh, president of the Federal Reserve Bank in New York. So I've had three different Fed presidents here. Well, this one's actually retired already. He now comes on fairly regularly here on, on, here on the Biz 1440. If you listen to Bloomberg Radio, if you've never listened to Tom Keene, on Bloomberg, you're missing a treat. He he has such a delivery style. I've caught myself trying to impersonate him a couple times. 
and people look at me like, what are you doing? It's like, well, because you don't listen to Bloomberg, so you have no clue. But this guy, this guy's a national treasure in my mind. Um, and you can listen to him here on the biz. Uh, but he had Dudley on. And I want you to play this third. This is the third cut of, of that. Jacob, play this cut, please. Well, I think the problem that they have is that at some point they are going to have to turn the dial back uh, away from uh, you know, significant accommodation. And when they touch that dial or when they're perceived to about to touch that dial, markets are going to react. So I think it's going to be very difficult for the Fed to you know, avoid a, you know, a bond taper t- tantrum. Uh, you know, you're either all in or you're not. And at some point the Fed's not going to be all in. And when that happens, uh, markets are going to react. And this – it was when I heard him say this that the, the light clicked on for me. One of the, one of the great pastimes of, New, of Washington is the finding and casting stones upon scapegoats. Right? Finding a scapegoat, throwing the stones at the scapegoat has been a Washington pastime. And for many, many, many years... The Fed has been a scapegoat. When I first studying the, start studying the Federal Reserve back in the early 1980s, yeah, I'm that old. Um, when I first started studying the Fed back in the early 1980s, they were used as a scapegoat. But it was kind of understood the Fed stands as an independent institution, and in return for that, in return for that, it serves as a it, it keeps its independence because they want to use you as a scapegoat, but they don't necessarily want you to do anything to respond to what they've done. You have to act on your own. But now in a Congress where we have, have increasing intervention by Congress in the actions of the Federal Reserve, where, where we decide certain people are not allowed to be governors, where we say we're, we're going to look to use the Federal Reserve to spend money out of. All those threats to its independence are causing the Fed to do some nutso things. And I actually, I will say, Ken, I don't actually blame Kashkari for writing this piece because this is what this is about. You guys need to have the economy running so hot that we can actually start to turn the spigot off without you guys just slamming us for starting the next recession. I think this is more defensive than offensive. I think the Fed is scared to death that the economy will go into a, if there's a second dip to the recession, that they're the ones that are going to end up being blamed. They're the ones going to end up being changed. We have such a funky structure with these these 12 districts and the presidents who have significant power in this country. Okay? And it wouldn't take, you know, it, it, it's not just an AOC who might look over there and say, hey, nice little central bank you have there. Shame if something were to happen to it. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. 
The basics about financial literacy provides confidence in your investing decisions. Knowledge to make better decisions with or without an advisor empowers you to take control of your financial future. With the right skills, you are the best steward of your own money. Learn more today at a free in-center or virtual investing class at Online Trading Academy. 952-814-4410. Again, 952-814-4410. Or go to learnwithota.com. Hi, this is Lee at the Kingdom Builders. Matthew 26, 41 tells us, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. My wife encourages me to pray about it all the time. It is pretty much anything. It's very good advice, even in the smallest of matters. This verse makes me think about how we should be attentive to what is going on around us, too. We should stay awake and be ready for the Spirit's prompting and be willing to pray appropriately. Like the word says in James 4, I ask wrongly so often. I'm thankful that the word actually tells us even how to ask. If you have any comments about this or other scripture, feel free to contact me at lee at thekingdombuilders.com. That's L-E-E at thekingdombuilders.com. Or you can call us at 612-900-9166. That's 612-900-9166. In an era of fake news and misleading headlines, turn to a leader in accurate reporting. Townhall.com. Get caught up with today's top stories, find brilliant commentary from our columnists, and have a laugh with our political cartoons at townhall.com. Hi, this is PJ from PJ's Appliance Outlet, your local, family-owned, and operated appliance store. No matter where you live in the Twin Cities, PJ's is worth the drive. We're centrally located in Plymouth. Just this past month, we've had satisfied customers from Maple Grove, St. Paul, Minneapolis, Eden Prairie, Bloomington, all over the Twin Cities. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores by simply providing over-the-top customer service, great quality products at unbeatable prices. PJ's has quickly become the trusted go-to store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. You can save hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars on brand new warranted name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers and dryers, dishwashers and freezers, top brands like LG, Frigidaire and much more. Come visit our showroom today and ask for PJ, Bob or Jake or visit our website at pjsapplianceoutlet.com. That's pjsapplianceoutlet.com where every deal is a steal. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to the Biz 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. Well, that'll warm me up. Actually, the temperature in my office has gone up three degrees in the time I've been on the air with you here. Uh, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440, thank you so much for listening today. Um, I knew as soon as I mentioned the words multiplier that my engineering, uh, my engineering uh, listeners on Twitter would uh, just start to go crazy. Let me tell you, let me, this is what's happening right now. This is, here's my description of what's happened in D.C., and the fact that uh, President Kashkari actually is an engineer that it, by training should tell you his belief in these types of uh, – that they believe in models. So here's what happened. They had a model based on a multiplier that they pulled from a trade association. And they plugged and chugged 
and gave themselves gave themselves the eight hundred eight about eight hundred and eighty billion dollar stimulus bill back in two thousand nine. There were some folks at the time that argued it was too small. Right now, and it certainly didn't produce the desired effect. And the fact that the economy was was um, was laggard through two thousand nine, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven convinced those who wanted to spend more to say, aha, see, we were right. The multiplier is smaller than you thought, and you just needed to spend more, and you'd have gotten just what you wanted. Here's the problem with the model. The model assumes we have these words in economics, this Latin phrase, ceteris paribus, okay, meaning all other things equal. Here's two things that matter. In the build, and I'm not going to have, I'm not, in four minutes, I'm not going to necessarily be able to do all of this, but I can do some of it for you. Multipliers depend on a number of things, not only the, not, you know, not only the way you learned it in your principles class with the marginal propensity to consume and marginal propensity to invest and, and all that nonsense. The exchange rate really matters. Okay, if you have flexible exchange rates, generally speaking, your multipliers tend to be lower because you tend to fund a whole lot of imports into your country through government through government consumption. And I'm not going to explain altogether why that happens. But we have pretty good evidence that in industrialized economies, and I'm reading I'm reading to you from a piece in a, in the peer-reviewed and one of the top-ranked journals in my field, the Journal of Monetary Economics. This is a paper that was published in 2013 by uh, Ethan Ilzetsky, Enrique Mendoza, and Carlos Vey. Carlos Vey is a pretty well-known economist from the University of Maryland. I don't know Ilzetsky. Uh, I kind of think I know who... I think I kind of think I know who Mendoza is, but I've never met him, and, I don't, and I'm pretty sure I haven't met Vey, but I certainly read a number of his pieces, very well respected. Um, and they talk about this fact, right? As fiscal stimulus packages were hastily put together around the world in 2009, one could not be blamed for thinking there must have been some broad agreement in the profession about the size of fiscal multipliers. Far from it. In a January 2009 Wall Street Journal op-ed piece, Bob Barrow argued peacetime fiscal multipliers were essentially zero. Uh, Chair of Obama's Council of Economic Advisors, Christina Romer, Romer, used a multiplier as high as 1.6. 1.6, the number from the Trade Association. Sorry, Christina, but that's what the number was, and that's where you got it. Wasn't based off some fancy model. But in the abstract of this paper, they write, Output effect of an increase in government consumption higher in industrial and developing countries. Multiplier in re- is relatively large in economies under predetermined exchange rates, but is zero in economies under flexible exchange rates. Three, fiscal multipliers in open economies are smaller than in closed economies. And four, fiscal multipliers in high-debt countries are negative. And this is the point where I think a lot of people have fallen down. The productivity of debt in our society 
has become more has become smaller and smaller. And productivity goes through three stages. First, it rises at an increasing rate as you just begin to start using something. You discover some economies of scale, and you get better at doing it, so the debt kind of does better. Then eventually you hit diminishing marginal returns. And so you're in that declining but still positive rate. And so as you add to the debt, you're getting smaller and smaller multipliers. There's a point where you actually go from, from smaller but still positive to negative. And there's a, there's a rate there. It is possible we have actually reached this rate. I believe the one point, that spending $1.9 and understand, right, we've added $5 trillion to debt last year. And yes, the Republicans did it. I hear you. Right? That doesn't mean spending another 1.9 is okay. It's, you know, it's almost as if co- Congress is saying, well, we, we get a makeup. We get our turn. Well, that's fine. You can say that. But if it makes the economy shrink rather than grow, probably not a really good idea. Really not a good idea. Anyway, we thank you for listening today. We thank you, Jacob, for uh, trying out the board with us and getting some training on that. We'll look for talk to you again soon, and we'll be back next week with another episode of the King Banyan Show on the Biz fourteen forty. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409. 800-439-7409. That's 800-439-7409. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, 
you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love. If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com.